In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us kneel. Most Holy Virgin Mary, tender Mother of men, to fulfill the desires of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the request of the Vicar of Thy Son on earth, we consecrate ourselves and our families to Thy sorrowful and immaculate heart, O Queen of the Most Holy Rosary. And we recommend to Thee all the people of our country and all the world. Please accept our consecration, dearest Mother, and use us as Thou dost wish to accomplish Thy designs in the world. O sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, Queen of the Most Holy Rosary and Queen of the world, rule over us together with the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ, our King. Save us from the spreading flood of modern paganism. Kindle in our hearts and homes the love of purity, the practice of a virtuous life, an ardent zeal for souls, and a desire to pray the rosary more faithfully. We come with confidence to Thee, O throne of grace and mother of fair love, Inflame us with the same divine fire which has inflamed thine own sorrowful and immaculate heart. Make our hearts and homes thy shrine and through us make the heart of Jesus together with thine rule and triumph in every heart and home. Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday after Easter. Listen once again to the beginning of today's epistle from St. James. Dearly beloved, every best gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no change. Close quote. Who among us doesn't like to receive gifts. I think we all like to receive gifts. And this is one of the wonderful things about God, that He constantly is offering us His gifts. Every best gift and every perfect gift is from above. It's not are doing. And the gifts that come to us from God, they include natural gifts. This means that these gifts, He offers them to everyone, even those who don't believe in Him. The gifts that come to us from God include natural gifts like life, health, food, clothing, your home, the natural talents that we have, our reason, our free will. Again, all are examples of natural gifts that come to us from God. They come to us from above. But especially, we want to focus on the gifts that God gives us that are referred to in today's epistle as every perfect gift. The perfect gifts 
that come to us from God are the supernatural gifts. And those are the gifts of grace. Beginning with the life of grace. The life which God gives us. A supernatural life. The life that begins on the day of our baptism. So the gifts of grace are examples. Faith, hope, charity. All the different virtues. And in particular also Holy Communion. Holy Communion and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass are marvelous examples of perfect gifts that come to us from above. Basically, we could say that these perfect gifts, gifts of God's grace, are all those blessings which God communicates to us for our salvation, for our eternal salvation, on account of the merits of Christ. It is Jesus Christ by His death on the cross, His passion and death on the cross, He has merited these graces for us. It's not that we deserve them. It's not that we merit them. It is our Savior Jesus Christ who has merited these graces for us, these gifts for us, by His passion and death. If only we would truly take all of this to heart, already our lives would change. They really would. If we really took to heart and we were really convinced, all of my, not even touching on the supernatural gifts, all of my natural gifts, my health, my reason, my talents, all my material possessions, my whole, my clothing, are gifts that come to me from God. And yes, insofar as I also work to acquire some of these gifts, well, it's true, we also, let's say, cooperate, but again, you wouldn't even be able to work if God didn't give you life, or if God didn't give you strength, or if God didn't give you health. And it's so important, as I say, that we truly believe this because if we truly believe this, we would react very differently. If, for example, tomorrow I were to be diagnosed with a terminal illness and all the doctors were to tell me, you're only going to live at maximum another month. As difficult as that may be for me to accept, I would still see that very differently if I recognize my life and my health is a gift from God. It's not something that I'm guaranteed and it's not something that I deserve and it's not something that I am in ultimate control of. May we be truly grateful to God and make every effort to thank Him for all these best gifts and perfect gifts, the supernatural gifts that He constantly offers us. It's very appropriate that we're nearing Pentecost when we're talking about these gifts. And again, I say it's very appropriate. It's not a coincidence. There's a reason why we hear this Word of God in today's Mass, the fourth Sunday after Easter, because we are in fact approaching Pentecost. We hear already very clearly of the coming of the Holy Ghost in today's Holy Gospel from St. John chapter 16. But 
This is very relevant to the Holy Ghost because remember, this is what we pray in the Creed every Sunday. When we profess our faith in the Holy Ghost, we profess our faith in Him as the Lord and Giver of life. The One who gives life. And here in particular, He's the One who gives divine life. This is the first and most perfect gift, the life of grace. The Holy Ghost is the Lord. He's the one, the Lord. Think about this. We're not lords of our own life, even at the natural level. It is the Holy Ghost. It is the Lord and the giver of life. He is the one in charge and He is the one who gives us all these great graces. All the gifts that come to us from above, in a specific way, are gifts of the Holy Ghost. He is the Lord and the giver of life. He is the Lord and the giver of grace. We can also replace the word life with grace. He is the Lord and the giver of grace. And our blessed Lord in today's Gospel, again, put your faith to work in terms of what we're hearing today on the fourth Sunday after Easter. Our blessed Lord's words, His own words, He highlights one of the perfect gifts that comes to us from the Holy Ghost. Hopefully not everybody is asking, well, which is that gift? It's very obvious. In today's Gospel, our Lord refers to the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of Truth who will teach us all truth. The gift of the truth. That's a marvelous gift. It's a marvelous, marvelous gift. Because there's so much darkness, so much confusion, so many lies, so much misinformation out in the world, so many entities trying to control information and trying to, I'm going to say almost force you, but deceiving you and in a sense kind of putting a lot of pressure on you to believe things that aren't even really true. And so, the fact that God in His infinite goodness gives us the gift of truth, it's a marvelous gift. But on our part, we have to truly believe this and accept this. And we have to realize the truth comes to us from the Holy Ghost. And in particular, when we profess this, he who professes this sincerely, that the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth and that He teaches us all truth, that person then also professes that the primary way in which the Holy Ghost manifests this is through the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church. Truly, my children, reflect on this. The truth is a gift that comes to us from above. It's a perfect gift that comes to us from above. So often, it is abused, manipulated, to try to control people. And it doesn't come from me or my feelings or from what the world says. There's so many Catholics that have been deceived in many ways over the past few years with the whole scandemic. Because they believe it's true 
whatever they hear from the secular media. The secular media is not primarily interested in transmitting the truth, no matter what they tell you. No matter what they tell you. It is the Holy Ghost who is the giver of truth and the teachings of our Catholic Church. It's so sad because one of the main reasons why the church, why the Catholic Church today is in such a terrible crisis is for the same reason. That there's so many in positions of power in the church, so many in the hierarchy, that rather than sincerely believe the truth comes to us from the Holy Ghost, it comes to us from above. I'm not the creator of truth. doesn't matter if I'm the Pope or if I'm a bishop. I'm not the creator of truth. It comes to me from above through the teachings of the Holy Catholic Church. And therefore, it is my mission to transmit these teachings faithfully, to transmit this truth faithfully. Not to think that I myself am the arbiter of truth or that I'm the one who determines what is true. And pay very close attention to this because again, we even have, I think a lot of times among us Catholics, many of us who maybe are trying to be sincere, that we attribute truth to even many kind of religious feelings or even different, like let's say, private revelations and private apparitions. We have to be extremely careful. Even if this night I'm here in the chapel praying and our Blessed Mother reveals herself to me, I have to be careful. I mean, there's no guarantee that that revelation is the truth. I mean, the devil can also deceive me in many different ways. The devil has deceived many with a kind of a veneer of religiosity. This is one of the main reasons why a lot of times when the faithful ask me about different apparitions, for example, of our Blessed Mother or, or whatever it might be, private revelations, I always emphasize, I say, look, stick with those that are approved by the Catholic Church. And it's one of the reasons why I emphasize so much Our Lady of Fatima. One of my dreams, really, I mean, it's, I kind of, maybe I'm simplifying this a little bit, but one of my dreams would be that all Catholics would, for just, like, let's say a year, set aside, you know, all kinds of other supposed apparitions or messages from our Blessed Mother, and just focus, really put their hearts on her message at Fatima. And really kind of dedicate themselves, like, 100% to that, because we have the guarantee of the Church that this is true. Again, the Holy Ghost teaching us the truth. We have a miracle like no other that comes to us from above to confirm it. And Pope after Pope after Pope after Pope that in many ways has confirmed this apparition of our Blessed Mother. Very quickly, I just want to point out to you, make a greater effort to pay attention to the collect prayer of Mass. Because in the collect prayer in particular, we're always praying, almost always we're praying for specific graces from God. We're implicitly recognizing that all these perfect gifts come to us from above. And so we're making the effort to specifically ask God for the graces that we most need. In today's collect prayer, just as a quick example, this is what just moments ago I prayed in that collect prayer. I'm going to you know, use the English translation. Obviously I prayed it in Latin. Grant to thy people the grace to love what thou dost command and to desire what thou dost promise. Those are two very important graces. Pray for them. Pray for the grace to love what God commands. His commandments, His sacraments. 
His truth, the truth. Pray for that grace. Many people also are fooled and are deceived because they don't love the truth enough. They don't love what God commands enough. So to love what God commands and to desire what God promises. And the greatest promise of God is He promises to those who are faithful, to those who are faithful to the truth, to those who are faithful to charity, He promises heaven. And so we're praying for the grace to desire above all things heaven. To desire heaven more than the natural gifts He's given us. The danger with the natural gifts that God gives us is that sometimes we attach more importance to them. Like our physical life, our physical health, our home, our clothing, our talents, our work. Now, I'm going to mention to you three very basic truths about grace about these gifts. Again, this is all coming from that beginning of today's first epistle. Every best gift and every perfect gift is from above. It's from God. Number one, it is Jesus Christ who won for us. He merited for us all grace by His passion and death. Every single gift that we receive. And again here, specifically those supernatural gifts. Our Lord has merited them for us by His passion and death. Believe this. And again, it's not just saying, well, I believe it. Really believe it. Because if you really believe this, then what's going to happen, obviously, is you're going to have a much greater devotion and appreciation for the passion and death of our Lord. Because you're going to know and you're going to really believe every grace that I receive. If I have faith, if I have the desire to pray the rosary, if I'm persevering in praying the rosary, if I'm able to forgive those who offend me, forgive my husband, forgive my wife, all of these, whatever supernatural grace I'm being given, it's not that I deserve it. And it's not that it just happened out of thin air. And it's not because I'm better than the person next to me or next door to me. First and foremost, it's because Jesus Christ suffered and died on the cross. That's one of the reasons why every Friday we pray the Stations of the Cross. Even if you don't come here to pray the Stations of the Cross, I encourage you, try to spend at least, you know, minimum, five to ten minutes every Friday at least just meditating briefly, even if it's just 30 seconds, on the different stations of the cross. Thanking our Lord for His passion and death. Because He has merited, He is the one who has won all the graces for us through His passion and death. Number two, the Holy Ghost is the one who distributes grace to us. He confers grace on us. And number three, all of this grace that the Holy Ghost confers on us comes to us through Mary. This is why it's not a coincidence. It's something very beautiful about our liturgical year. The way that we live time as Catholics. In the liturgical year right now, we're in Easter time. Today is the fourth Sunday after Easter. And it's not a coincidence that the month of May is always the Easter season. 
It's always the Easter season in the month of May, which is also the month that through popular piety, we dedicate to our Blessed Mother. So you have here at the same time devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, Easter time, and many times Pentecost Sunday falls in May. Not always. Like this year, it's just after May. It's going to be on June the 5th this year. That's because Easter was a bit later. If Easter is very late, then Pentecost goes into June because Pentecost is always 50 days after Easter. But a lot of times, if Easter is towards the beginning of April, you know, maybe even the first couple weeks of April, or towards the end of March, then Pentecost Sunday falls in May. What's the significance of this? Well, listen to what I just said. In terms of grace, it is the Holy Ghost that distributes all grace. And all this grace is distributed to us through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Grace is the great gift of the risen Lord. He comes to give the fullness of life to us that He won for us through His passion and death. All of these are coming together as in May we celebrate Easter, the divine life of grace, as we honor our Blessed Mother and as we prepare for the coming of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Lord and the giver of life. The Lord and the giver of grace. The fact that all grace comes to us through Mary. Again, she's not the origin of grace. The author of grace is God, our Savior Jesus Christ. But all grace comes to us through her. This is why last Sunday I told you that all the fathers of the church, our Catholic Church teaching, is that devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary is necessary for salvation. It's necessary for salvation because there's no, there's no such thing as salvation without grace, without God's free gift and God's constant help. And all God's graces come to us through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The saints become saints because of God's grace. The Holy Ghost giving them grace. The saints cooperating with that grace. But the Holy Ghost gives all those graces to the saints through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Which is why you'll always see in the saints an outstanding devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's why I gave you last Sunday the example of five saints. I gave you the example of St. John Damascene, St. Ignatius, St. Philip Neri, Blessed Elizabeth Piccinardi, and St. John Vianney, the Holy Courier of ours. Because God's grace is what saves us and what makes us holy. God Himself has willed to distribute all His graces through Mary. Grace and holiness come to us from God and our Savior Jesus Christ, the source. But these come to us through Mary. In the Litany of Loretto, this is the Litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. At the very beginning of the Litany of Loretto, we pray and we invoke the Blessed Virgin Mary. We're asking her to pray for us. Ora pro nobis, pray for us. Among her first titles are Mother of Christ and then Mother of Divine Grace. Mother of Christ, pray for us. Mother of Divine Grace, pray for us. 
The reason why she's the mother of divine grace is because she's the mother of Christ. Again, the order of the litany. Mother of Christ. Then because she's the mother of Christ, who is the author of grace, she's the mother of divine grace. When we give the title to Mary of mother of divine grace, and it's a very beautiful title. She is the mother of divine grace. What this means is, it means precisely what we're saying, that she is the mother of the author of grace, who is Christ. She is the mother of the one who merited all grace for us by his passion and death. And that all of those graces come to us through her, through her hands. You can think of it as, Mary bringing all of her son's graces to us in her hands. She's not the one who creates those graces, but she's the one that brings them. And they're not coming to us in any other way but through her maternal hands. This is precisely what the Catholic Church teaches. Listen. St. Bernardin of Siena, quote, all gifts, and again, this already kind of, you should be thinking again of today's epistle from the Apostle St. James. Every best gift, every perfect gift comes to us from above. Well, St. Bernardin is here is giving us Catholic Church teaching on extending that explanation from sacred scripture. So St. Bernardin of Siena, quote, All gifts, virtues, and graces of the Holy Ghost are administered by the hands of Mary, to whomsoever she desires, when she desires, and in the manner she desires, and to whatever degree she desires. Close quote. Pope Leo the Thirteenth quote Every grace granted to man has a threefold order. It is communicated by God to Christ. From Christ it passes to the Virgin. And from the Virgin it descends to us. Of the great treasury of all graces given to us by our Lord, nothing comes to us except through Mary's mediation, for such is God's will. Thus, as no man goes to the Father but by the Son, so no one goes to Christ except through His Mother. O Mother of God, no one attains salvation except through Thee. None receives a gift from the throne of mercy except through thee. Close quote. Basically, today's epistle from St. James is telling us that every best gift and every perfect gift comes to us from the throne of God's mercy from above. Well, Pope Leo XIII, he kind of adds to this teaching and says that no one receives a gift from the throne of mercy except through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And finally, St. Gertrude the Great, she received the following vision. Quote, During the singing of the versicle, Ora Pro Populo. So, she and her religious community are invoking our Blessed Mother, and they're invoking her, Ora Pro Populo. Literally pray for the people, kind of like pray for us. During the singing of the versicle, Ora Pro Populo, the Queen of Virgins went up to the throne of God, knelt reverently, and spoke as mediatrix between God and the congregation. 
praying most devoutly for each one. But the king of kings, her son, raised her with great deference and placing her at his side on the throne of grace gave her unlimited power to command as she pleased. Close quote. I'll just remind you today again of what I mentioned last Sunday. Last Sunday I mentioned to you ten simple ways to practice devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'll remind you again of these ten ways so that hopefully in this month of May you will practice more devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is through her hands that all of God's graces come to us. Every best gift, every perfect gift. Those ten ways that I mentioned last Sunday. Number one, pray a Hail Mary in honor of the Archangel Gabriel who brought this prayer from heaven to earth. Two, pray three Hail Marys in reparation for the blasphemies uttered against the Blessed Virgin Mary. Three, pray three Hail Marys for the virtue of holy purity. Four, receive Holy Communion or make a spiritual communion by doing your best to unite yourself to Mary's dispositions at the Annunciation. Five, mortify your sight once or more in honor of Mary's modesty. This means to think about the modesty of the Blessed Virgin Mary and then to mortify our sight in honor of her and her modesty. Number six, make a visit to a shrine, altar, or image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. You can even do this in your home if you set up a little altar or a special image of our Blessed Mother in your home. Number seven, burn a blessed candle before her image or picture. Eight, give an alms specifically in honor of Mary's poverty. So again, to think about and reflect on the poverty of the Blessed Virgin Mary thinking in particular also in terms of her poverty, had no place to lay her head when she was about to give birth to our Savior Jesus Christ. Number nine, pray seven Hail Marys in honor of Mary's seven dolors. And ten, before going to sleep, pray the litany of Loretto and imitate the infant Jesus by placing yourself spiritually in Mary's arms. One final word. In praying to our Blessed Mother, pray for the graces that you most need. And in particular, I hope, possibly next Sunday, I'm not sure yet, but possibly next Sunday I'll preach specifically on this. But pray in particular for the grace of holy perseverance. This is such an important grace that you persevere in the true faith that you persevere in doing good works, that you persevere in praying the rosary, that you persevere, for example, in your marriage, that you persevere, the grace of perseverance, and above all, to persevere in God's grace. So, again, during this month of May, as you pray to our Blessed Mother, as you honor her, as you seek to love her more and more, ask her also in particular for the grace of perseverance of holy perseverance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.